think HR had, uh, you know, has received a bad rep in, in, in mm-hmm. you know, the last few decades, right? Because we tend to be highly administrative yeah. uh, instead of being that, that strategic partner to um, the business and yeah. to our people. Um, the, the good news is I'm really thankful that in my 20 plus years of experience, I've worked with organizations that were actually ahead of their times. How do we stop or how do we ensure that we are, you know, pausing where we need to pause uh, as HR professionals uh, understand that you are beyond uh, the administrative uh, part of what you do. Yes, there are going to be some components of that that should be no more than 10% of what you do on a uh, regular basis. The other 90 should be about thinking outside the box, be okay with coloring outside the box um, because people and their lived experiences and their work experiences should be different. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Hacking HR podcast. Over the past many years, and especially over the past 18 months because of the pandemic, I think the concept of building uh, all that we do from HR, revolving around people being very customer and employee-centric, has taken such an important and prevalent role in the way we think, in our mindset, in the practices and strategies that uh, we put in place. And by the way, these concepts have been around for a long time, especially from the marketing and sales side. They took longer to arrive in the HR space. But now uh, those of us who work in HR and business leaders across the entire spectrum of business functions, they see the value of building these strategies and policies and systems and guidelines, whatever it is, around employees and, well, you know, building that kind of human-centered or people-centered workplace. And we are going to have a conversation about that today with somebody who has been in the space of people, talent, HR for more than 20 years in multicultural uh, environments in different uh, sectors and industries, telecommunications, cable, technology startups, uh, across different functions within the HR space. So Bhavani, welcome to the show, Bab. How are you doing? I'm doing well, Enrique. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. Well, it's always great chatting with you and um I am excited about this conversation because, as I mentioned before, these concepts arrived really late in HR, you know, the concept of building around people, you know, human-centered design. But I think they are finally, uh, you know, getting into most people's mindsets, right? So I want to begin by asking you this question. How do we ensure that the uh, sort of the temptation to go back to not doing uh, design around humans? How do we avoid that from becoming prevalent again? Uh, because, you know, designing around humans takes more time, uh, you know, extra energy. Sometimes we have to go through a lot of rounds of feedback. So how do we ensure that we don't have any temptation to go back to the way things were before? Yeah, that's a great question, Enrique. So, you know, I'll share with you, you know, I hear you mention that it's taken HR a long time. Um, HR, uh, in order to respond to your question, I think HR had, uh, you know, has received a bad rep in, in, mm-hmm. you know, the last few decades, right? Because we tend to be highly administrative yeah. uh, instead of being that that strategic partner to um, the business and yeah. to our people. Um, the the good news is I'm really thankful that in my 20 plus years of experience, I've worked with organizations that were actually ahead of their times. 
Uh, and in one particular organization, um, we were thinking and talking and doing um, people-centric uh, type initiatives back in early 2000s um, uh, within that organization. And so um, how do we stop or how do we ensure that we are you know, pausing where we need to pause uh, as HR professionals, uh, understand that you are beyond uh, the administrative uh, part of what you do. Yes, there are going to be some components of that that should be no more than 10% of what you do on a uh, regular basis. The other 90 should be about thinking outside the box. Be okay with coloring outside the box um, because people and their lived experiences and their work experiences should be different. It should be, it should be tailored to, to the organization as well. What works for one organization doesn't necessarily work for the next, right? Yeah. And I, my, um, my motto is, uh, you know, let's make sure that we are really authentic about how we're building out people initiatives uh, in the organizations that we support. And that means, to your point, Enrique, um, taking the time to understand what your culture is and what your culture, what your people want your culture to be. Yeah. And that, that takes time and effort. And it doesn't just have to be HR doing the work. It should be HR in partnership with the business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, th th there are things in, in life and work that truly challenge people to dramatically change the way they have done things, right? And, you know, we can, we can look through a, most business functions that have already gone through some of the uh, transformations that HR is going through right now. And they had to deal with this, uh, you know, with this uh, reality, meaning you are doing things in a way that is not delivering value. You have to dramatically and radically change. And I think that's where HR is right now, because for a long time, like you said before, it was admin, transaction, compliance, risk mitigation, and a number of uh, areas that now are either done by technology or are not adding that much value. So this new approach that we're talking about is radically different from the way we were doing things before. So my question to you is, how do you either inspire, convince, support those people in HR that have been doing things in HR in the old ways for such a long time that is taking, the, is taking them a little bit of extra energy to adapt to the new? What would you tell them uh, in, you know, to inspire them, if you will? Yeah, that's a great question, Enrique. I, you know, the, the thing I would say is pause for a moment and ask yourself why you got into this profession. Um, my, mine is still the same that it was 20 plus years ago. I wanted to connect uh, people to the right companies. And by the right companies, I mean uh, companies with great cultures, right? And as I've grown in my roles, I have the ability to impact that culture. And that's why I stay. I want to make a difference in someone's life whether that's a lived experience through work or not, um, just a better experience. And boy, there's so much reward that comes to that. That's my personal story. Yeah. What is your personal story? And I encourage every HR individual listening to this to ask yourself from time to time, not just this one time, but from time to time, ask yourself, why are you in this field? And if you're in the field because you want to impact people's lives and you want to impact um, and even a business's way of treating people, then you're in the right line of business. If it's other than that, and that's okay too, just self-assess on a regular basis and make sure that you are also living your life to the fullest, yeah. right? And you're happy uh, in the things that you're doing. And by doing those things, if you're in the right role, you will find yourself being okay with being so creative that you're no longer thinking about the tactical. You're no longer just thinking about compliance. 
uh, but you're, you're doing more in the space of creativity and in creating great work environments for your people. I, you know, I love that question that you, that you just asked. Um, because if, if, we, if we ask ourselves the question, why did we get in HR in the first place? Most people, and I have spoken with a lot of them, they say, because I love working with people. You know, I love, I love the work of, you know, connecting people, being, building relationships and serving them. So then the second question that you, that you put in, the, in, in a statement, but could be a question is, are the transaction, the administration, the, you know, the policy, the risk mitigation actually helping you do that? Are those things helping you be better at connecting people, building relationships and serving them? Most likely the answer will be no. And if the answer is no, then you got to find out what is it that can help you deliver that promise that you made to yourself when you first joined this profession. And I love that because it's a very personal exercise, by the way. It's a very, um, uh, you know, it's, a, it's an exercise of like hitting the wall of, am I, am I doing the right thing to, you know, realize that promise that I made myself in the first place when I joined uh, HR? I love that. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad that you said that, Enrique. And for the folks that are listening as well, I want to make sure I also say this. There's so many components of HR that you could get into, right? Depending on the size of the organization, there might be a, a focus on HR data, yeah. Um, and this is something we haven't done well in, in a long, long time that we need to get better at. And so I'm going to add to what I just said about, you know, just compliance and data. It is super important. So if you have energy around that work, my encouragement is to stay with it because to Enrique, your point, the work that they do is equally as important. They bring the data, they can tell the story or they can equip folks to tell the story. All of us are part of an engine that could work so much better if we operated in our strengths yeah. um, and understanding how those strengths actually help people and help the organizations. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, and the second thing that I am uh, sort of taking away from, from the question of, you know, why do you get into this profession in the first place is that when you are confronted by, by your responses to that question, you also have to think about what your future will be like, because you are, we are, we are you know, right now we are like in this, uh, in this environment of chaos, disruption, where everything is changing. And if you are confronted by that question, then you will probably come to the realization that just a transaction and administration is not enough to move you forward. You know, what a lot of people say, you know, what brought us here won't take us, you know, farther ahead in the game. And that means that, you know, even if you are immersed in a day-to-day -day operation that takes a lot of your time, you have to save some of the time to think about what's, what the future could look like and how you get ready for that, you yourself, and of course, the people in your organization. Yeah, absolutely. Really good points there. Um, I would also say this, um, you know, so who knew we were going to be in a full-blown global, global pandemic, you know, uh, COVID-19 is about to become 22, right? Yep. And so it's like, um, you know, the, back in, yeah, right? Uh, back in the day, um, I recall, you know, some global pandemics, not to this level. And so this is, this is new to yeah. everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, are we learning stuff. So the, the one thing I'll say is, as you're thinking about even your own, like, what's next for you? Hopefully, this last couple of years has been insightful to you as an individual. My motto is be happy in what you're doing. Identify what that is and be okay with not knowing right now. Yeah. And not knowing the answer right now is fine. Do the yeah. research. Have conversations with 
uh, a ton of folks beyond your your manager um, have a couple of mentors and sponsors yeah. at your organization and outside of your organization. Take the time. It is okay. Yeah. You know, you're making me think about a couple of uh, things that um, I, I frequently see in, in some of our HR colleagues. One of them is, uh, you know, the anxiety that comes when you don't have the answers uh, and we, you know, when you don't know when you don't know something or you don't know what you don't know. So that creates a lot of anxiety. And in other, in other fields of expertise, that's like, that's like, it's the, it's the springboard of opportunity to the future, right? It is like, well, I don't know about this thing. So I'm going to figure it out and create value out of this. But in HR, it feels a little different. And then the second thing that I think about is that um, very often this, you know, being confronted by, by the question of are the things that we're currently doing the right things to do to serve our people? If we get to the answer of no, they are not enough, then we feel some, somehow you know, guilty of uh, either not having discovered those things before or thinking that we did our bad job before. And, and it's, that's not true. I mean, you know, what you're coming is to the realization that it's not enough. You, know, you gotta do some other stuff. So uh, you know, it's bringing this humanity at the end of the day to HR. That's right. I couldn't have said that better. Um, boy, I wanted to say amen to that. What that <laughs> last thing you just said um, resonates with all of us, right? Yeah. Um, and, you know, one of my own personal uh, learnings over the last two decades um, has been not taking things personally. Yeah. I'm not going to know everything. You are not going to know everything about everything, right? Like, it's not possible. It is absolutely okay to say, you know, I don't know. Maybe I should know, but I don't. Yeah. So let me go find out and I'll get back to you in X amount of time. That is yeah. totally okay. I would yeah. prefer that. I know our employees would prefer that rather than us just making up some stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then stop beating yourself up. I tell you what, you know, getting older uh, is actually a good thing because I don't stress about those things as much as I used to. And I'm absolutely okay with saying, I have no idea, but I'm going to find out. Yeah, you well, th this is great advice for HR people across generations, you know, the, the younger ones and the ones yep. that are more, you know, in their mid to uh, senior careers. Uh, it's, it's great advice to everybody. Uh, and this also brings me to, to one of the philosophical sort of transformations that we're going through at work right now. And that is, uh, no, no, nobody has been in this place before of fast-paced transformations driven by pandemic, you know, climate change, technology, demographic shifts. And that means that very often we're going to have to be experimenting with ideas, like you said at the very beginning of the podcast, creating, you know, being creative. And those are not principles that were embedded in HR uh, you know, for decades, but now they are asking us to sort of do that. And in my view, that's like, you know, creating such a big opportunity for us to finally be human and say, all right, if I can take some risk, so let me be creative and, you know, find out what can add value and go that way instead of doing the same, the same old thing that I know is risk mitigating, but it's not adding any value. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. I, um, you know, every, every, um, team can benefit from a recurrent stop, start, continue exercise. Like, what are we doing that we should stop, right? Yeah. Uh, what are we doing that we can continue? Uh, or what are we not doing that we should start? Yeah. Those are, th that's been around for a long, long mm -hmm. time. My advice is, you know, no matter what your level is uh, in the organization or in the um, department, suggest that. 
like you, you know so that you're not continuing to do the things that don't make sense anymore yeah. right yeah. um and that you're encouraging each other to think outside the box and Absolutely. um think about your people and their needs and and how might this work if we did x yeah. instead of nothing or instead yeah. of z right yeah. like and and just do that and have a good time doing it for me this is fun um you know putting into place the things that work for people and and you know just be sure that you're finding avenues to get insight from your people yeah um so that the ideas are not just being brewed inside of a vacuum uh by yeah. certain teams but you're actually involving people along the way and getting their thoughts as well if we bring more people into the loop you will be amazed at some of the ideas that come out of that yeah and that's that's exactly the human centered uh, conversation that we started our uh, chat with Abab, I'm gonna use that as the um, as a segue to uh, sort of wrapping up our our podcast. And I wanted to ask you one last question: If there is one thing that you can, you know, wave your magic wand and say, "This is the one thing that I want all HR people to embrace." Maybe we didn't embrace it in the past, or we have not embraced it fully. But if we embrace this one thing, we're gonna be so much better. What would that thing be? That's a pretty easy one for me. Um, and that is, uh, I, I'm going to preach the bring equity, inclusion, diversity, and belonging, and what other acronyms you need to, to your workforce, and let that be the overarching um, strategy for your firm, right? So no matter your level, again, within the organization, you can be that voice uh, and suggest it. If we continue in the trajectory, um, you know, uh, that we are currently in, we will fail. We will fail our people, um, regardless of, you know, what your, your demographics might be in your organization um, or in your state or in your county. There are things that we should be much more intentional about yeah. um, that I'm hopeful HR um, functions will, will gain that um, credibility of, of um, what's the word I'm looking for? sustaining a culture, a deep yeah. culture in the organizations around this stuff and holding um, organizations accountable, yeah. leadership teams accountable. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Bob, thank you so much for sharing all these uh, golden nuggets uh, with our community. And, um, you know, I'm always, always excited to be chatting with you and learning so much, so much from you. So thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for including me. Thank you. Great talking with you. Thank you. And thank you, everybody. Stay tuned for the next episode of the Hacking HR Podcast. I will see you all soon. Thank you, everybody, for watching or listening to this podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please follow us on our social media and subscribe to our newsletter so that you can stay informed of all the things that we're putting together for you from the Hacking HR community. Thank you so much. Please continue to stay safe, stay well, stay strong, and we will see you soon.